Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. So today I want to start this series already uh, stepping into this prayer in, into this devotional aspect that we're going to journey together in the following four to five weeks. And we're calling this series Deeper Roots because there is no way you're going to grow higher if you don't establish deeper roots. So this week we had uh, a company, a landscape company taking one of our beautiful mighty oak trees in the corner of our building. It was a beautiful tree, but sadly we had to take it out because it is so powerful that it was cracking inside of our building. So if you actually uh, went through the uh, hallways here, you might actually find some cracks in the floor made by strong, deeper roots. And the landscape company came and I was worried because they did not take the whole stump out. They grind it inside. And they said something very interesting. They said, look, as you expect the branches to grow in the proportional of the roots, the roots also grow in the proportional of the leaves and the branches. So he said, these roots are never going to grow anymore. They might be alive, which is very interesting, but they're not going to grow until the tree grows back again. So there is this direct relation of the tree growth with the size of the roots and vice versa. And we got this image to uh, pray together, to establish deeper roots in the Lord in order to experience genuine spiritual growth. Say amen, everybody. Now bow your heads, close your eyes. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, fill this room with revelation. We worship, we already praise your name in this place. And now, God, we want you to speak within our hearts. We believe, God, you have a fresh portion from heaven, a manna for us in this morning. We want to be nourished. We want to be fed in the word of God in a way that our faith is stirred up. And we get ready for the season you have ahead. We want to go in an accelerated manner, God, for all the promises you have in store for us. Speaking to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name and the whole church said, Amen and Amen. Now, the title of my message today is Levels of Prayer. Prayer levels. Jesus clearly established prayer levels that may unlock levels of blessings in each one's life here. And you need to learn this and grow into your prayerful life. Now, when I speak to some of you guys, I believe and I trust that I'm speaking to believers. Believers are those people that are moved by faith. It's kind of obvious, but that's actually what makes us believers after all, is that we have faith. But if you can express this faith outside, clearly displayed, the most evident way is through prayer. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists. And that he rewards 
those who seek Him, who prays. So we are not talking here of the general idea of God, that divine being somewhere as an architect of the universe. No, no, I'm talking about your heavenly Father. I'm talking about the Yahweh God, a God that is the great I Am. That actually the best translation for this verse is that not that He exists, put the verse back. We must believe that He exists. We'd be better translated that we should believe that He is. Because He is, I am, is the name of God. So when we pray, believing that He is, it means that we believe He is everything we need in life. We believe that God is the provision we need for absolutely all our needs. And if this is true, that implies that everything in life can be accessed when we seek Him. When we seek the great I am, we seek the one that is. The one that is our provision, that is our peace, that is our deliverance, that is our fortune, that is what you need, our healing. When we pray, we can access. When we seek, we can access the one who is. Now, if absolutely all we need is available in God, the only requirement here is to pray, is to ask, is to seek. And because the need is already there, I believe the provision is there as well. So today, in these three levels of prayer, my intention is that you put in practice right after this service. You don't wait to understand it better. I know the Holy Spirit is going to start to speak into your heart how you should respond to this message. So let's go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Jesus saying, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For me, these three verbs point to three levels of prayer. And keep, Jesus keeps saying, verse 8, for everyone, say with me, everyone. Now, the translation in Greek and in Hebrew of the word everyone means everyone. It means this, everyone, really, pastor, anyone can simply ask. Jesus says, everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. In other words, Jesus is repeating himself. It's almost like this uh, uh, emphasis to say, do it. Go further. Press on. Establish deeper roots. Verse 9. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him? Number one, for everyone who asks, receives. Now, everyone, Pastor? Everyone. Now, I think about this because if God is my heavenly father, 
And he gives to everyone who asks, even those that are not part of the family. How much more? And that's the expression Jesus uses over here. Look again in verse 11. How much more? Put it verse 11. He will give it to the children. To you and I. We can receive much more because we are part of the family. Now James, the apostle, he writes to us in James chapter 4 verse 2. He teaches us an important principle. He says, you desire and do not have, so you murder. Like really? I, don't, I didn't kill anyone, pastor. Yeah, but with your jealousy, with your envy, sometimes you wish. You have that uh, anger over people that are prospering, that are having things that you wish to have. So James is writing to the church saying, look, you don't need to covet to envy anyone. He keeps saying, you covet and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. And he closes with this strong statement. You know why you don't have? You do not have because you simply do not ask. In other words, did you try to pray about that thing you want? Did you even dare to say, God, I wish I would have a better marriage. I hear about couples in my workplace, in my church, and God, I want a better marriage marriage you don't need to envy anyone in social media as children of God and sons and daughters of God we should never envy anything from anyone because our heavenly father is so rich that he has enough to give it to that person to that sister to that brother but when he accesses his storage is limitless storage he has also for you it's a matter of simply ask. Well, well, wait a minute, Pastor. Don't take the text out of the context. Let's read the whole thing. And that's where some people, because they think they, they uh, read the remaining verses in James, they got themselves stuck into ask. Yes, it's true that James says in verse 3, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to expand in your passions. But I really believe, and out of my own experience, and, and looking at some other verses in the Bible, that if you are seeking, if you are asking to your Heavenly Father, He is going to send the Holy Spirit as you keep praying to correct you. Look, I like to balance James chapter 4 with Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs says, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean... On your own understanding. Then the wise Solomon keeps saying, he says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And by the way, when we pray about something, we are acknowledging the Lord. We're saying, God, I'm asking you because I know my parents cannot give that to me. I'm asking you because my boss cannot give that to me. God, I'm asking you because my academic background will not really make much a difference for this matter. I'm asking you because I acknowledge you and he will make it straight your path. Say amen, everybody. So you see, you can ask. If you just come with a simple, humble heart to say, God, I pray because only you can provide. He will make straight your path. Say amen. Verse 7, 
Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. You see, this, this verse 8 is almost like the, the consequence of trusting the Lord into asking the Lord. So right now, I just want to take it out, every excuse and barrier, any, anything that hinders you to pray, to at least start asking. Look, I'm, I'm, ta I'm teaching you right now because some of you guys do not pray with even some biblical wrong theology in mind, restricting you to start asking, to simply ask your good heavenly Father. Are you guys understanding what I'm trying to say here? Verse 9, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Now, look, let's be honest. As people of faith, as Christians, as people that carry the name of the Lord in our lives, there are eyes on us. People want to know if the Lord, we say we believe, answers our prayer. Now, it is important that we carry this testimony something you want to receive a change you want to experience a miracle you need to take place a project that you need a divine intervention something that will be able to say it was the Lord that gave it to me it was a miracle that just took place I experienced the favor of God regarding that situation when we again consider the Lord when we acknowledge him to our family to our friends look I'm praying for this opportunity yes maybe I could force my own ways maybe I could try that other way but I'm praying instead of forcing my own strength we carry a testimony and ultimately pay attention what I'm saying the story of a woman of God the story of a godly man is a story of answered prayers if you look at back to your testimonies it has to do with prayers that were answered by the Lord and that that's our glory that's our real story with God so I want to encourage you to believe to set goals points of prayer in the presence of the Lord it, it's sad because we're coming right now to these 21 days and some of you guys when you start to receive I'm going to print these little postcards so you can fill out with three points of prayer, three goals, three desires. You can pray for your family. You can pray for a miracle of healing. You can pray for uh, your ministry. But it's important that you have that ask item, that, that prayer target, aim. That you will not only ask, but you will press on and establish deeper roots in the Lord. Unfortunately, it is common that some are shy to ask, afraid of not being heard properly. And let's be honest, people around us want to know if our faith is genuine. If we are really everything we preach to be. And part of what we are has to do with our relationship with a God that we say listens to prayer. That we preach cares for our personal needs. So some people prefer to not even ask. Which is a waste. They totally misunderstood grace. They, they, they are dismissing the goodness 
of our Heavenly Father. Psalm 35 reminds us, great is the Lord who delights, who has pleasure as any father. And Jesus even compared us, you that are evil knows how to give good things. How much more will your good, perfect, heavenly father delights into answer our prayers? Say amen, everybody. I hope some, some, you know, seeds of faith is being sown in your heart right now. To believe boldly. To start to pray for the thing that you could maybe try request to the government, to the department, to the... No, no, I'm going to request to the one that delights in the welfare of his servants. The Lord delights to bless you to answer your prayer. Number two, you ask, you believe your heavenly father is good. He's not teasing you, holding back something from you. But I need to remind you, the Lord wants together in the pursuit of your desires to create relationships. Now, every healthy, wise parents, they do this once in a while. When they want to win over their children, sometimes we hold on to that chocolate bar just to see if we can get that kiss in our cheek. You know what I'm talking about, right? So they, they know you have the sweets. They know the little ones know you're holding on to the chocolate. But you say, if you give me that kiss, you get the chocolate. You know, the Lord, as a good father and wise father, he wants to win over our heart as well. And sometimes in the requests and desires of our hearts, the Lord wants to bring us to the level of seeking him. Pursuing not the blessings in itself, but himself. Say amen, everybody. And that's what Jesus said. For whoever seeks will find, and the one who seeks finds. And again, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, We must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. So, in other words, some of our trials, some of those miracles requests are disguised of the Lord behind it. Waiting for us to find Him. Waiting for us to discover a new Face a new attribute of his identity, of his goodness. So your answer is the reward. And because you believe the Lord in another level of faith and trust, now there is a reward for you. The level of to seek is more than to ask. This level promotes you to receive a different prayer answer. It is a reward. I don't know how many of you guys were ever rewarded. But there is this sense of pride. There is this sense of I'm carrying a medal, a badge. I have a, a trophy that speaks of an achievement. But it's interesting that the author of Hebrews used that word because in certain sense, some of your prayer answers are indeed 
memorials. They are your story with God. But Jeremiah chapter 29 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Notice that this level has always to do with our relationship with God. We're learning that He is more than just a gift giver. He is the gift itself. Say amen, everybody. Now, and I need to tell you, I'm not, I don't want you, you know, just make it uh, subjective, the prayer practice. God wants us to approach with this childish, simple heart to ask for whatever need we must face. It is a healing. It is a restoration. It is the deliverance. It is a, a touch of God's heart, whatever it is. And from this point on, He will lead us to Him. And the Bible keeps saying, if you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations in all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. I'll bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. So uh, Jeremiah is writing to the exiled people of Israel in this foreign, in this strange land of Babylon. They are depressed. They have no desires. They don't know even what to pray. And Jeremiah is telling them, so seek me and you find me. You know, uh, sometimes we feel the same. We feel that we are wandering around. We don't know what even to pray about it. But in those moments, we should look to the Lord and find in Him that hometown feeling. Now, I, I don't know if you understand this because maybe you were just raised, born, and always live in the same town, in this small little bubble that you are comfortable with. But when you go to a different place... And you are forced to adapt to a new culture. Sometimes you just wish to have that special hometown recipe in front of you. That meal that reminds you where you came from. That sense of comfort. That sense of home. The Lord is promising us that if we seek Him, we will find this hometown feeling. This hometown comfort. In that inner peace of safety in His presence, we restores our fortune. It just creates venue to prosper you. Now, there's an aspect that few people don't understand. That few people don't uh, really understand. The Lord is the most interested in to elevate us into this faith level. Into this to seek level. And for their reason, another prophet, prophet Isaiah, states this. Verse 4, chapter 45. The Lord speaking the voice of the, the prophet. Truly, you are a God who hides himself. A God of Israel, the Savior. So, the Lord is hiding because he wants to lead us to the level of to seek, seeking him. Our God is a God that hides and he wants to be sought after. Not that the Lord teases his children, but he does that to encourage intentionality. 
surge, that journey adventure. I'm going to pray until I find the Lord. Now, if you are mature enough with the Lord, you know this is true. You know that some areas in your life, you do not have the answer yet. But the Lord is drawing you to Him. Another example I can use to support what I'm trying to say is the whole book of Songs of Songs. Which is this beautiful poem of love uh, between a bride and a groom. Songs of Songs, chapter 3. The bride says... Oh, my bed, by night, I sought him, whom my soul loves. I sought him, but found him not. Arise now and go about the city, in the streets, in the squares. I will seek him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but found him not. The watchmen found me as they went about the city. Have you seen him whom my soul loves? So Song of Songs is another example of this attraction the Lord wants to do with us. He wants to create this kind of adventure relationship. This passionate pursuit is part of our relationship with the Lord. And some of you guys never got to this point yet. You simply prefer to... Dismiss your prayer request. You give up on that prayer. You give up on that request. You don't pursue to the end. And someone is going to say, Pastor, but is this the will of God? It is. Because when we get to this point, our faith is enlarged, is mature. It established deeper roots. Jeremiah 31. With weeping, they shall come. And with pleas for mercy. Repeat it with me. Please. For mercy. And the Lord says, I will lead them back. In other words, when you get to this point of seeking the Lord, He will lead you. I will make them walk by brooks of water. A straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel. And Ephraim, my firstborn. The translation of please of mercy in the New King James Version is supplications. You get to that supplication point that, that led you to the seek level. Why do many brothers keep stumbling? Because they simply do not pray. They don't pray about it. So they read books. They go to therapy. They take drugs. Prescript, prescribe drugs. They put this in their mind. If it is prescribed, prescribed, I can take it. But instead of praying for the healing, seeking Him who is everything we need. Let me hear a good amen in this house. Because, look guys, if you want to be a church that experiences the supernatural, we have to go above the natural, beyond the natural. That's why we need to pray. And pray has this element of uh, people out there in the world sees it as a waste of time. And your mind and your flesh, your, your old self may even try to convince you such a waste 
of time. Why I'm coming to pray every single day, 6 a.m. or 6 p.m., and I'm seeking, will this even do something about it? I dare you to try it out and see if the Lord will not make your path straight. Straight that makes you to run, run faster. So a straight path comes when we seek the Lord. Now let's go back to our main verse in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus is teaching us that everyone who asks receives. Say amen. And the one who seeks finds. But then he closes saying we should also knock. Knock speaks on that intercession level. It's the level of praying for someone else. That means you must knock even for others. That speaks of a mother praying for their children. A husband that prays for their spouse. Leaders that pray for the members of a life group. Believers that prays for the salvation of their classmates. A man of God that stays in the breach of prayer and intercession. I had a, an awesome experience this week. It was Wednesday morning. And... Um, it was kind of out of what was scheduled, and I had the opportunity to have only men joining me in the early in the morning, which we are praying every day, uh, 6.30. We pray 6.30, but in, during the fast, we're going to be 6 a.m. Um, and these men of God praying, believing in the God who answers the knocking on the door. Jesus said, knock and it will be open to you, to the one who knocks, it will be open." Isaiah chapter 59, verse 15. The Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. Which should displease us as well. All the news that are going on in the world right now should displease us as well. Injustice internationally, injustice locally. It should displease your heart. We should not just watch it. As just another episode in your streaming program. It is something real. Something that is taking place. Injustice. But injustice just for the feeling of it. It's useless if it does not become a knocking on the door. For the righteous judge to do something. Let's keep reading. He saw that there was no man and wonder. That there were, was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought him salvation and his righteousness upheld him. So it seems that he surprised the Lord that there was no one to intercede. Someone to cry out for the city. Cry out for Southwest Florida. And yes, even for the world. Who will knock? The door of the righteous judge. And I mean using this expression, the righteous judge, that will judge the cause, that will establish justice on earth. Because that's the parable that Jesus used. Luke chapter 18. Let's read this whole parable. You may know this parable right now, but I want you to pay attention to some elements. And Jesus told them... A parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. 
Let me teach you something about interpreting the Bible, hermeneutics. When an apostle established a principle in a story, when he's deciding to write something about it, and he's going to say, Jesus is going to tell you this story. And this story has a determined goal. We should not be creative and over-spiritualize what the apostle said. This is the meaning of the story. So sometimes people get these stories, these parables, these illustrations Jesus used, and they uh, uh, over-spiritualize things that are not in the story. So Luke is very clear. This is what it means. When you read this story, apply it as encouragement to pray always and never lose heart. Say amen. So let's get the encouragement from Jesus' story. He says, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in the city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. There is injustice in my city. There is injustice in the foster system. There is injustice in my town. I knock and I ask you, unrighteous, wicked judge, do something. Give me justice. Verse 4, for a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps knocking my door, bothering me, persistently coming to me, I will give her justice. So that she would not beat me down by her continual coming. Continual prayer. Continual intercession. I will not give up until I see my daughter back. I will not give up until I see that person saved. I will not give up. I will keep praying for my husband until he sees the glory of the Lord. My family will serve the Lord. I will knock. I will knock. Verse 6. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says and I will not and we will not God the righteous judge the good father give justice to his elect let me see how many elects we have in this morning in this place how many elect people we have in this place if we don't feel elect I'm telling you, you are elected you are chosen he will give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night will he delay long over them i tell you he will give justice to them speedily hallelujah nevertheless when the son of man comes will he find faith on earth so it's not me in the words of our master jesus he clearly connected persistent prayer Coming day and night, believing and keeping interceding with faith, with an expression of faith, with an expression of trust. Pastor, but it seems contradiction. 
because I'm praying and it seems it's not happening. Keep praying. If you have this burden, it's because the Lord called you to persist and have your faith growing. Crying. Please of mercy. Isaiah 62. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen all the day and all the night. They shall never be silent. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. So it does not matter what you pray about it, your needs can be a fuel for persistence, for perseverance. Pastor, but it seems even like hurtful to pray about that thing again. Turn that crime as a fuel to believe in another level. To grow your faith in another level. To establish deeper roots. Eventually the fruits are going to come forth. Are you guys with me, somebody? So do not rest and also do not give rest to the Lord. Look, let's be honest, guys. Every successful leader, every pastor, every Christian business owner, they know that whatever they are having, it is fruit of prayer. It did not come from nowhere. There is no such thing as, I just came and suddenly the things were all ready. No, there was crying. There was prayer involved. Next week, I'm going to stretch a little bit more about that in Ezekiel. But let me close Remind you about this moment in Daniel's story. There was a prophecy. The people of Israel will be in captivity only for 70 years. However, the 70 years came by. The time had been fulfilled. Look, I, we already prophesied for the whole month of January and almost the whole month of February. We are preaching God has a year of acceleration upon us. Say amen, everybody. Things will gonna take place. The promises will become substance this year in your life. If you believe, say amen. But only a prophecy does not make it happen by itself. That was the case of Daniel. He opened the prophecies of Jeremiah. And when he read the prophecy, he says, the time is due. It's over. Daniel chapter 9 verse 2. In the first year... Of his reign, I, Daniel, perceiving the books of Jeremiah, the number of years according to the word of the Lord, to Jeremiah the prophet, must pass before the end of the desolation of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. What did Daniel do? He says, I'm going to binge my stream Netflix series right now because the prophecy is just that deterministic way you're going to happen anyways. No! The Bible says, verse 3, I turn my face to the Lord God, seeking Him by prayer and pleas for mercy. Oh, I remember this expression. So Daniel stepped from asking into seeking into knocking with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Fasting includes all the three levels, but brings us to the verge of experiencing the miracle of, of God taking place. Let's all stand up in our feet right now. And I know some of you guys 
listening to this message feel, Pastor, I prayed about this. Praying about this even hurts me sometimes. Because it seems the Lord is not listening. It seems that it's not changing. My marriage is still is this mess. My family is still dealing with these all addictions. Pastor, I don't know what else to do. I'll tell you, keep knocking. Because the righteous judge will speedily answer your cry. He will bring and give you justice in an accelerated manner. Now, God wants us to establish deeper roots. And that's why sometimes we are led to this point. I don't know where you are right now. Honestly, these pleas of mercy, there are not many points in our lives. There are some of the points. And my encouragement for you today is that as we head to the week of fasting next week, you, you start to allow the Holy Spirit to remind you that forgotten promise, that prophetic word that was hovering upon your family and never became substance, never became real. So you could, like Daniel, for 21 days with a humble heart, with an attitude of persistence, pray together with us and testify that the Lord answers the prayer of His servants. Close your eyes. And I want you to commit with the Lord right now, saying, God, I want to respond in prayer. I want to be a man of prayer. I want to be a woman of prayer. I want to respond to this calling, this challenge. I don't want to talk about prayer. I don't want to hear testimonies of people that speaks about your great deeds. I want to be a protagonist. A protagonist of your story in this city. I want to be an agent of revival. I want to be a protagonist of your story in my generation, Father.